This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DeFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 158 of the Muscles and Management podcast. Back again with another great episode this week, bringing you Travis Mash at Mash Elite on Twitter. If you don't follow him already, go follow that man. Uh, really excited for today's episode with a very important topic, something that we see a lot on Twitter. Um, you know, if you train athletes, you still hear this from several parents, probably, um, you know, unfortunately, but the idea of strength training and resistance training for youth athletes, is it good? Is it bad? Obviously, it's good. We talk about the, the uh, myth surrounding, you know, stunting growth and, and some of the things that we hear that it's uh, bad for young athletes. So we're putting that to bed. Uh, once and for all with this episode, talking about things that you can be looking to do with young athletes in training that could kind of help their development. Just overall, a really good episode on what we can be doing with youth athletes when it comes to resistance training and, and just building um, strong and resilient athletes. So Travis was awesome. I love his perspective and kind of what he brought to the show and, and his blue collar mentality. And I think you guys are going to love this one. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the previous week's episode 157 with Bill Miller. A lot of great feedback on that. And, and I've heard some great things. So definitely check that out if you haven't yet. And then be on the lookout for next week's episode with AJ Artis, Director of Sports Performance with University of South Florida Football. Uh, really good episode with him. And I think you guys are going to love that one. So uh, let me know what you think of this week's episode with Travis. He was great. Post it on your story. Tweet it out to us. Tag us. You know, if you if there's a quote you like that stuck out to you that you know was really good, uh, you know, I, just let us know what it is and share it and get it out there. And like I always say, uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes. Really helps. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to the episode. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. All right, everyone, excited to welcome on Travis Mash. Travis, thank you so much for your time. Really excited to have you on. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be an awesome episode. We're pretty passionate about today's topic, and uh, I want to see where it takes us. So thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've been connected for a little bit on social media. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, has drawn me to you is I generally have a hard time relating to people from a personality standpoint of like, I'm just very forthcoming. I, I kind of say what's on my mind. Uh, it rubs some people the wrong way. Some people love me for it, but I feel like you're very similar. So anytime I see you posting, I'm kind of like, oh, this guy would get me. Uh, <laughs> you would understand what I'm like. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I got to get him on the show because I feel like we could kind of, you know, make some magic uh, on the mic, so to speak. I hope so. It's, I think we do have a lot in common. And I, yeah, I'm very, especially topics like we're talking about today, I'm very black and white because I'm just, there's a lot of misnomers out there that need to end. So, yes, I'm on, yeah. on your side. Yeah. So, it, it's funny. Listen, I talk all the time about um, gray area, right? Like, we're, we're in a field where there is um, a lot of context that always needs to be provided sure. in a lot of different things. But there are certain things, like youth resistance training, where we are going to flat out say, listen, you are wrong. For thinking that it's going to stunt uh, an, a young ch uh, child's growth or it's not good for them. Growth plates this, growth plates that, um, all this other stuff that like that is something we can be black and white on that like there is no evidence for that. Like, you know, aside from a pediatrician from 1965, um, right. there are tons of articles out there, like very well-respected research. It's been out there for a long time. And frankly, some of the most 
respected coaches in the field talk about this. Um, I know Alan Bishop is a guy that always puts us out there. Like anytime I get in an argument with somebody <laughs> on this topic on social media, I go back to my DMs with him because he dropped me like five articles. Uh, right. So I basically will go back, copy and paste them. And just literally that'll be my reply to somebody is like, here you go. Uh, uh, oh man. A bunch of my, you know, when I wrote this um, recent article, like uh, some of this, uh, some of the work that I cite is from him too. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. He, he's good. He, he, he has a lot of good research on it uh, from various sources. That's pretty helpful. Um, I think first and foremost, the, the reason I even came up with this idea um, to be honest with you, the first time I had reached out to you to get you on the show, it was more of like, Hey, I like this guy. Like we, we vibe a little bit from what I'm looking at, like in terms of how he goes about um, what he does. And I, I think it'd be good. And it really wasn't until a couple weeks ago where we were trying to nail down another time to get you on the show where I had the idea to talk about this because uh, a video had been going around. Uh, it got pretty viral. It was a, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, PE class in Texas. Oh yeah. Um, totally. Where they, it was one of the most impressive videos I've seen all year, maybe the last couple of years where you had probably 50, 30 to 50, roughly like it was a large group of sixth graders um, in the rack doing front squats, like with the most perfect form and like rhythm and, and just like everything was just, it was organized. It was just done so well. Um, and like a lot of people like us were just singing the, the praises of the video saying, this is phenomenal. Um, like, wow, holy crap, whatever, but leave it to me to quote the video and basically say, if you see this amazing video and your first comment is, um, this is going to hurt the children. It's going to send their growth, et cetera. Basically go throw your phone in the garbage. That was my yeah. response. Um, <laughs> and, and you were, you're a better man than me. You were really battling people a lot on this that were kind of going off in the comments. Um, you know, basically saying like, listen, you're wrong. Like there was a lot of comments that were just mis misinformed. Like this is right. bad for the children. This is irresponsible. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so let, let's first, I guess let's start with where does, where has this come from? Um, this whole idea that, you know, I remember when I was growing up and, and I'm only 26, so this is not that long ago that right. they were literally saying like, you know, don't have your, don't have your son to my dad. Don't have your son lift till he's 12, 13, 13 years old, um, stunt his growth, this, that, the other thing. And we listened to it, unfortunately. Um, you know, where has this come from, from what you know, over the years of just this idea that just kind of false, like where, where has it cultivated? You know, like it was just a rumor that was started like years ago, and you know, I it was like it was some some article that was like it wasn't even research based. It was some observation made by a group in like the, the '60s, or maybe '70s, but uh, that said that this could possibly that compression through weights could you know possibly injure the epiphyseal you know line, which is that's what people refer to as the growth plate. But since then, like as recent as 2021, people have done the research to say that's absolutely false. Not only is it false, it's completely the opposite. It's like compression is actually very good for the epiphyseal line. It helps with growth. It stimulates actually the growth process, and it doesn't do anything to close it. It's actually like a more horizontal force that, that can really damage it. So, you know, like uh, when a kid is on a soccer field, normally if they cut and then turn, that, that wouldn't happen, but it could on a freak accident or they hit from the side, you know, if another kid runs into them from the side. But other, other than that, like, you know, compression is a good thing. It all, 
you know, like, man, it, it drives me crazy because, yeah, I can show you all the science or we can just use common sense. Like, think about growing up when you picked up a rock or when you, you know, carried something to your parents. FYI, that's a load, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah is alone it does it's not weightless you're not on the moon you're on earth where there's gravity so therefore you know that mass is a load on you so it just it it really i just wish people would slow down you know go out on your back porch and be logical right like yeah just be logical you know and if you can't be read the research but like or do both (laughs) man yeah so the first one thing you mentioned too is um I think we need to look at what children are doing in their, in their life um, and, and be reasonable here. So, so th- I, this always, this visual always comes to mind for me when I think about this topic, it's like the 80 pound fourth grader comes running off the school bus right. and they have 45 pounds of, they literally have half their body weight in books in their backpack. Right. right. And they're going down four to five stairs on the school bus and like hopping off you, we've all seen it, right. like right, like the, right. the the eighth grader, like or the the eight year old, like jumps and leaps off the school bus and runs yeah. to their parent, right? Right. You're telling me that that's okay. Like they have 45 pounds on their back and they're jumping and landing, and that's totally fine. And they're carrying that bag. They're going up and down stairs with it at school. They're jumping off the jungle gym. They're doing all of this stuff, and and that's not a problem. But once we intentionally do it, I think that's where a lot of the issue lies. Kind of, kind of like right. look at it as like, oh, well, well, that's different. Like, I'm not sending them somewhere and they're putting a bar on their back. That's kind of not natural. Like, they always, you know, we're we're humans. Like, we've the kids are designed to be able to handle the backpack. Like, they wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. And I'm kind of like, well, they they wouldn't do something in the weight room if they weren't able to handle it. It's like, right. I I think that people have this idea that like the sixth grader is going to be in the squat rack with you or me doing, you know, three plates right away. And they're going to just spontaneously combust. It's like, no, like there's a progression, no. right? There's a slow like, progression, right? You're, you're not giving them something they can't handle. And that to me is just like common sense. Like I, I you think about it back in the earliest days before we had all this information on, on resistance training, right? Like, how did the earliest cavemen or earliest people know like how to get stronger? Right. And I'm right. sure they looked at it as like, I pick up X, X rock. Right? It's, it's, right. it's whatever size it is. And if I pick that up a couple times, then I go and try to pick up the heavier rock and now I can pick up the heavier one. So just I'm just like gonna, Milo, you know, the legend of Milo. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to continue to pick up bigger rocks and eventually I'll be able to pick up a boulder. And it's right. like, we're not expecting the kid to just jump in and grab a boulder right away. And yeah. and that's the problem, right? Like, I think they don't understand the the natural responsible progression involved in it i've had a physical therapist literally like question me as a parent because my child had we have what they don't know is we have three youth barbells at my house we have a 2.5 kilogram five pounds we have a five kilogram 11 pounds and we have a 10 kilogram 22 pounds so like you just said you know if they have a 45 pound book bag and jump off you know a uh, uh school bus 
uh, step, which, by the way, that's 9.81 meters per second squared. That's gravity that, that, so that they're traveling when they hit it. And if you know anything about force, mass times acceleration, I just gave you the equation to do. And so, but here where our feet are on the ground, so there is no 9.81 meters per second. Gravity is pulling down at that, but I'm not accelerating because my feet are on the ground. It's, it, it's a, a lot less. So, isn't it crazy that if they see my six-year-old with that 2.5 kilogram bar, which is five pounds, that's that I am a bad parent. It should be reported. But like you just said, if they had a 45-pound book bag and jumped off a step, they don't question it. And that's a physical therapist. That's a doctor of PT that said that to me. And like, and she's a CSCS. How in the world did she get that is my question. Because, and then that's why in my, in the article I just wrote, I put the NSCA CS, I put their official statement, which guess what, doc out there, you were wrong. Your very company that you would say should, uh, should have me stripped of my certifications agrees with me <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, listen, I don't want to go down a tangent off topic, but like that just goes to show you like certifications are, are great and like a lot of the best coaches have them but that's not automatically something where you say okay that person should be qualified to talk about this or they they are Obviously someone that's not. a responsible resource right um it, it is it is pretty crazy though because even on those those videos that go viral you see the average person commenting and clearly they're just when a video goes viral everybody from all walks of life is going to see it and right. there are a lot of people in the comments that are just nowhere near qualified to be talking about it, right? right? And then there are also some people that are like, doctor this, doctor that, chiropractic medicine, physical therapist, this, that, the other thing. And they're still there. They are saying it. And it's like, it's, it's sad that like those people are out there making those comments and saying those things. And it just gets frustrating because we yeah. know, like, we know how dated that opinion is and what's been said about it and just how much literature there is out there that says it's not true. Right. Like, right. It's, it's just so frustrating. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's not intelligent to, to, to think like that. And I think as, you know, annoying as it can get for people like us to kind of have to beat <laughs> people back, like we need to, right. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that needs to be kept, keep on being said over and over again. Cause clearly people, People still think that it's that it's true. It blows me away, man, because that is what's killing our cause is that when the, you know, the chiropractor and the PT say it, you know, whoever goes to them is 100% believing it. And that will keep that rumor going to the next generation. And it leads me to believe that not in my lifetime will I see this end. I'm just hoping that, you know, you're younger than me, so you'll have two more decades, hopefully, in your life to you know, to keep on this work that maybe by the time that maybe our children, you know, you know, go on to the next life or whatever, that maybe this will end, but it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a long fight and a lot of, um, a lot of effort on our parts. Yeah. And I think that the, the issue is from the standpoint that naturally the average human would hear us talk about this, right? right. And then they would hear a doctor of physical therapy or a chiropractor. They're a more likely to, I feel like, believe those people over us because yeah. they're the doctor, they're whatever. And B, they think we have an agenda, right? I have no like, agenda. I have nothing we, in it. We, we like lifting right. and we are strength coaches or, or powerlifting coaches or whatever. So we, of course, he would say that. 
Of course, Travis would make that argument. Of course, Jerry would say that. Like, his livelihood depends on parents being okay with kids lifting um, or else, like, he'd be out of a job. And I'm well, like, I'm well, a university coach now. Like, I don't even coach people's kids. Like, yeah. I just seen it because it's right, you know. And, that's, like, that's I'm going too, to coach yeah. my kids. And so, and I don't want people, PTs, calling me a bad parent. That, you know, that makes me want to change this into a very personal argument or I want to rip their neck out is what I want to do because like because <laughs> you're 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 using ignorance to call me a bad parent that's like you know, Alan Bishop has dealt with that we saw we spoke about yeah. him he, yes. he had a, a, an awesome video of his then five-year-old doing a front squat like to perfection yeah and people were going at his neck and he, listen again he's a better man than me because with my personality I would respond back like hey jerk off like shut your <laughs> mouth where like, are you don't, where are you if, from yeah like if I don't have kids right now, so I don't know what that, what that, you know, what that feeling is like. Because obviously I've heard that you know when you you don't know it till you have one. But like I have a nephew, he's six, and if I ever posted a video of that kid on my social media doing something, and someone said something like that, like yeah. I would want to drive across the country to rip that person's throat out. It, it um, makes me want to do just that, bro. So it so credit to him. To- I, I'm I'm giving him some credit because he didn't respond that way. He took the high road and just kept on just dropping articles on people like you're wrong. Here's why you can read this, whatever. And and it's somewhat refreshing because you do see some people say, oh, my God, I had no idea that there was that much literature on this. Like, wow. you know, OK, I guess I'm wrong. And I, and I had some of those people uh, on the last um, post about the the uh, PE class in Texas that, that like they admitted they were wrong and that was good. But yeah. there are even there are people that still try to bring it to the next step like that's not a good study. It's done on this amount of this population, like only five or six, or it's only eight or nine year olds and over. And we see five or six year olds doing it. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll tell you what, you know, does this make you feel better if we have a five or six year old lift? And then, you know, when they become six, two, when they're 15, we can just send that over to you and say, Oh, I guess it didn't stunt their growth. Like, I mean, I have one of the strongest kids that's ever been in America. And he started when he was nine. So you got Morgan McCulloch who at, he was the youngest person to ever clean and jerk. I mean, clean 200 kilograms, 440. So he cleaned 440 pounds on like two weeks after he turned 16. And he's been lifting since he's nine. And he's six foot one. And so he's the tallest person in his family. So like if I stunted his growth, and then he was going to be what, six, seven? I don't think so. You know, like, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, 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 uh, I was just thinking about that. Like, I would love to tweet a joke about that. Like, man. I'm like six, one and a half. I wish I didn't start lifting until I was 18. I'd be seven feet tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would be dunking on LeBron, you know? Yeah. What a, yeah. What a shame. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, too. What really frustrates me, and, and I really take this personally because I see so many underdeveloped kids. Like, let's face it. Um, you know, there are so many kids out there that would need to train and, and, you know, be in the gym, sprinting, lifting, doing whatever for three to four days a week for several years, just to be average. Like they're so behind in the, uh, in the genetics department that like any lost time is going to stunt any chance they have at trying to like play a sport at the next level. Let's just say for athletes, right? It frustrates me to no end to think that there is a kid out there that lost, you know, the age 11, 12, 13, let's just say of training because a doctor, a pediatrician who has a fire truck looking thing that they, the kids sit on when they come to their office is <laughs> sitting there telling them, do not do that. Do yeah. body weight exercises. 
until you're of age. And I'm like, we are literally ruining these kids and their chances. If they're passionate about it and they want to get there, we are ruining their chance to be great because they need the all, every ounce of time yeah. they can get to, to get to that level. Because there are a lot – there are way – I have – Every one athlete I have that's special in the genetics department, I have 10 that need three to four days a week of training for, for four to five years just to have a shot. And uh, it's totally. like, you're not giving those kids that chance. You're, like you're, you're ruining. ruining it, right? Right. Absolutely. And like, if uh, you look at the evidence, like there's so many benefits. Not only is it not dangerous, it's, you know, and I told you it's completely safe, but it increases power, makes them smarter. Like uh, all of this is, by the way, I have a, in my in the article I wrote. There's eleven. Uh, there's eleven research articles cited, all of which you can read all at the end. Then you know improves general strength. We are, of course, we know that. The cool and what about this? It improves the cardiovascular risk profile. So you got you know a little kid who's slightly overweight. You know they probably don't enjoy going out and running. You know, but Weight training is something they're probably better at than some others. Next thing you know, this that's me. We're this is me. When I was 11, you could have called me like the chubby kid, and then I started, you know, weightlifting. And I went on to play college football. So improves bone health. It just there's so many motor performance, uh, sports performance. These are all proven benefits, and so I just it's a sad thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, I even like I, I look and and my mother would murder me if you know I was talking about this, but she doesn't listen to the show, so uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm I think I'm okay. Um, yeah. Like she she um, you know is is thin, like in thank God good health, whatever. But she was never really someone who did a lot of exercise, like resistance training or anything. And she's had some things come up with like early, you know, um, like the doctor saying, oh, "Hey, like I want you to be aware of bone density issues." This that the other thing. Right. And I am like trying for the life of me to drag her through, um, getting going on that. Like, it, and it's it's like yeah. we always we always joke around. Like the 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 chef's uh, mom or dad always starves, right? It's like your right. son literally does this for a living. Like you could get training for free and advice for free. Um, and, and Moms like, don't want to listen to their sons. Yeah, That's so she she's thing. still fighting me on it a little bit, but like even just up the ladder, like you start those habits and you develop that foundation early. Like my dad started strength training when he was 12 years old. I remember he had, um, you know what the bull worker is? The isometric mach cable machine. Um, it's like, you could travel with it. Uh, if you don't, I'll text you a picture of it later, but that was, Sounds he, got, cool. he, he got strength. He got started on his strength training with that. It was basically like this. Um, it came with like a poster of like 30 different isometric full body exercises and it had cables on it and you could push, pull it, like do bicep curls with it. it was, I still have it to this day. Um, and, and it's pretty cool. And that was actually kind of what I got started with when I was training, when I was like 12 years old. That's what he got me started on. Uh, it looks awesome. I just looked it up, by the way. It's really cool. <laughs> really cool, right? Yeah. So, so so my dad is 62. So that thing's been around for God, a lot of years. Um, and I don't know how he found it. I have to ask him later when I talk to him how he got he found it back in the 70s. But um, that was – what he started on and that was what I started on. I still literally have two of them in my basement. Um, and he started doing that and he started lifting in high school. And next thing you know, he was, you know, bench pressing, uh, 425 pounds at like age 20, like drug free, like absolute freak. Nice. Right. Right. Like, so, so, you know, he was, a you know, a six to two seventy guy when he was in his 20, he was a big boy. Right? right. And he is now 62 and he strength trains four to five days a week still. So my point is, that you develop that early in your life and it's habits you carry with you. Right. Even past the athletic field, past the platform, if you're a power right. lifter, like 
that is a tool to, to, uh, you know, more vitality, like through later on in your life. Like he is, you know, God willing, like going to be strong and vital into his seventies and eighties because he continues to do it. And those are habits he built 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, you look at someone else, like I'm, I'm giving this example as like my mother, like who doesn't do it. And that's the example of like, who has those habits built because of what they did when they were younger. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. You know, one be, one thing that older people should realize is this, is that um, the biggest marker of longevity of life is the amount of muscle mass one has, because it's also, obviously, if you have muscle mass, there's, you know, there's going to be good bone density because there's a reason why you have the muscle mass. But that is a bigger marker. It's because, you know, as we age, like your mother, God willing, I hope she doesn't do what I might say. But, you know, they fall and they, you know, they, they're brittle. They, like my mother just, uh, she had, a oh, she was at the doctor getting, uh, she was getting a checkup and they didn't lower the, the, the bed. And so she would stepped off the bed and fell and uh, broke her hip. And so, and my mom is someone who's worked out and, and ran, but now that's going to make this, that is not good for someone older because mobility, because the less that someone can move around, obviously, uh, everything, metabolism starts to slow and it's, you know, homeostasis, man, like if it starts down a hill, it's going to continue down the hill unless intervened. And so I just wish people knew that like, it's not more than cardiovascular, but as people age, it's going the the marker is going to be the amount of muscle mass and, of course, bone density that one has is is a big telltale sign of longevity of life. So, I hope people are working out. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it's funny, and I, and I want to you know start to creep a little bit into the conversation regarding like, okay, we said all this, it's okay to do like, where do we begin, right? But right. Um, I, I just think it's interesting, and how many people look at it that way, like. We and I don't even think about this all the time. Like this is like the first time it's kind of in the the front of my mind. But what we're doing with athletes when they're younger is is they're going to be habits that set them up later on, right? Like if it wasn't for my father being so into training, um, I wouldn't have gotten into it, right? Like, yeah, you know, I remember it's it's funny. Like again, I keep saying this, you know about it's not that long ago that I was in high school. And I, I, I highlight that because like a lot has changed in a short amount of time, which is good. Um, but when I was 14, 15, 16, like I was lifting cause we had weights in the basement. And I remember like that was unique to my friends. Like they, a lot of my friends in, who played sports weren't doing that. Like, yeah, there were speed training classes and this, that other thing. And, and there were the, the upper 15% of athletes who were going to like Joe DeFranco. I'm a Jersey guy. So Joe DeFranco was a big I- guy around here. I figured you were, I'm going to use, I like a bunch of, Jersey just puts out the best strength coaches, like, you know, Joe DeFranco, of course, Zach Evanesh. Yes, Martin a bit close Burton. with Zach, yep. Like, it can go on and on. So you guys are all, like, putting out some good work. But anyway, go ahead, I'm sorry. That, so he was a guy that was, I, I wish to this day, like, I had knew about, I knew, I knew about him when I was growing up, because um, he was big time, like, he he's kind of more like, you know, semi-retired at this point not in terms of having a big facility around here but when i was in high school like he was it around here in terms of training and i wish i had gone to him at the time but my point is like you had kids going to him and doing great work but like that wasn't the majority right now now like now i'm i'm becoming a guy like him that has a space in new jersey and like kids are coming here whatever like that is so it's so much more saturated and and common for kids to be strength training. Now, when I was in high school, it was like, 
I remember talking about lifting, going in the basement, doing whatever. And like, that was unique. Like a lot of my friends weren't doing that. And even, even with that said though, like, I remember even certain things like, you know, um, being told like, Oh, stick to high weight or, or high reps, low weight as a baseball player, because yeah. you don't want to get too bulky. And I'm like, well, that's like the recipe for hypertrophy, first of all. So, um, that makes no sense, but I just, just to, to see how much things have changed. Like I back then would have never touched a weight if it wasn't for my father. You know what I mean? Like that would have yeah. never happened. I'm losing. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm sorry. Gotcha. No, you're good. I think so did, you, did you hear what I did you hear what I just said about like me saying like basically if it wasn't for my father like that would have I would have never been trend training. That was lucky, man, because you know I did not have that. I just I happened to have an uncle who was going, and that's what you know. I went with him one day, and then never looked back. But yeah, you're lucky that you had a father who did go. Yeah, it it, it was just like. You know, I learned from him and, um, you know, obviously I've learned even more since then, but you know, that now, like this is 2008, 2009, like yeah, Facebook existed, the internet, whatever. But like, I wasn't going on Twitter or Instagram and seeing strength trainer posting stuff. And like, I wouldn't have been like, kids now can just go find one of us and follow them and, and put a program together based on the stuff that we're posting. Like it, it wasn't that prominent back then. Um, and it was still like, there was still stuff that was said that like, wasn't, true like i said like being told like hey like only do high weight or high reps low weight because you're a, a baseball player and you don't want to get too bulky and forget it baseball was even worse at the time like football players were out there lifting and training around here but like if you were a baseball player you were going to your baseball academy doing yeah. throwing a bullpen hitting and then doing like rice buckets for forearms and running laps like that was all you were doing and abs like that was totally. all you were doing um now you go to these places and like i would know this because i work with some of them they have a person there that's doing the strength training and it's doing being done the right way um right. so like that is it eric cressy out there too is it he uh, eric is massachusetts so close that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. he's in florida now too obviously but he started in massachusetts that was like that's his home right. uh so so like you talk about that like it's just it's incredible like even when i got to college um you know a very good d3 program like it's run like a d1 it's they have all the resources whatever you know our assistant coach is putting lifts together for us and like they were pretty good but like we didn't have a strength coach now it's like everyone does almost there's still a few you know every once in a while you'll see a d3 school without that but i think within the next five years it'll be across and i do believe that high school will be the same i think next five to ten years high schools will have their you know strength coach it won't be the you know the head football coach doing the training i think it's about to end at least i'm i'm hoping yeah i think we're in a boom right like this is uh so it's a good and a bad thing like the field becoming oversaturated so you have to make sure that you're not getting you're not susceptible to getting bad information um, right. but there's also a lot of good coaches out there now and the accessibility <laughs> to stuff is just way higher. Right. Yeah. It, it, and that does make, that's a issue for some coaches, you know, it's going to make, you know, making a living you know, harder unless, you know, like, you know, I guess it's one of two things. I think it'll make harder on private sector, which is, you know, just like you, that's what I, you know, I came up as a private sector guy, but it'll, you know, on the other hand, it'll give guys more opportunities you know, within like schools. So it's just like, so it's, it's good and bad, but you know, as long as kids are getting training, I think good, good coaches like you are going to find a way and bad coaches won't. And that's a good thing. You that's, know? What we, that's all we can hope for. Right. Right. Um, right. 
it, it, it's cool too. Like the, the social media makes it a lot easier. I joked around the last inter- I did a uh, Thursday, I did a show or Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was. Uh, and I joked around about how I get DMs from coaches now in baseball. They're like, Hey man, like, could you tweet about this? Like if, if I can show the coach I work with that you said this, like maybe we'll stop running polls or doing ridiculous conditioning or we'll stop worrying about having our kids lift heavy. Um, well, that's awesome. it, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, yep. Baseball but, is probably the sport that gets the most misinformation. Yeah, of, we still have a lot. Of, we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. So, so changing gears a little bit um, okay. in terms of like, let's say more practical guidance now for someone listening who maybe now is opening. I, listen, if, I, if they're listening to this show, I, I would doubt they think that lifting is bad for kids because they follow me. But um, let's talk now about like a, a, a plan and approach right. for that young athlete um, who is just getting started with strength training. Like where should a parent look to begin? Um, you know, as a strength coach, maybe who is working with kids like that? Like where should they look to start? Uh, like what's a good way to kind of get the ball rolling? I would say, you know, you're always going to emphasize the movement first. So if you can get the basics of, a, you know, a hinge, uh, a squat, a press, you know, making sure you're doing unilateral, bilateral. And a big key to all this is, number one, make sure movement and they're safe. Number two, make sure these kids are having fun because if they associate what you're teaching them with uh, like work or no fun or like, you know, this place it's like, you know, they have to go to get beaten up. Like then they will hate fitness for the rest of their life. So make sure it's fun. I wouldn't spend a ton of time, you know, especially I'm talking right now. Let me clarify. I'm talking about kids from, you know, five-year-old up to 11-year-old. Make sure, you know, fun is, is emphasized and the duration slightly lo- lower and sub-maximal is emphasized. You know, probably won't take anybody to a, a true maximum, you know, until th- th- this is where I would agree. You're probably not going to try to max out, especially in a lift like, you know, in a, in a lift-like squatting or a lift-like, you know, deadlifting. Definitely don't go to max. You know, you will have a child miss, like if you're teaching them Olympic lifting, like I teach my sons, they're going to miss, not because it's heavy, because it's like, you know, you're not going to hit every baseball thrown at you either. It's like, a, it's a skill. So it's, they're going to miss because they put the bar in the wrong place, not because it was heavy. So um, do you have to, you got to have to clarify that one, but that's it. And then I do body weight too, you know, like uh, our, our, our children, all of them from, you know, we have two boys and a girl. We have a, a six, four, and two. And all of them started with gymnastics. They're mm. all playing multiple sports. The boys now are doing um, – we're going to be doing gymnastics. And right now they're doing wrestling. It's going to switch to jujitsu uh, soon in a very, you know, reputable my, – it's my – Somebody I used to coach, I was their strength coach. He was the MMA guy, but now he's got his academy. It's awesome. So, like, that is it. You know, let them play, too, right? Like, you know, don't – this is, should not replace them going outside and playing. That should be, that should be all one thing. So, that's the parameters I would, I would stick with. Yeah, for sure. And I always say, too, um, you know, eccentrics, right? Right. Like – when it comes to building quality movement and motor control, uh, eccentrics and isometrics, like chin-ups, push-ups, um, if you can't do oh. those, like those are your best friend, right? Like that, that is where I would point most um, young athletes. Even when it comes to like if we're doing deadlifting, if we're deadlifting or squatting or whatever, like we let's say work to a heavier set, a lot of back down sets that we're doing are all eccentric focus just to build that mo- that that pattern and that 
um, motor control with the movement, right? Like they're, they're a really big um, thing you can do when it comes to just improving the, the quality of the movement. Would you agree? I have, yeah. Like I have every athlete from five years old up to, you know, I have four Olympic hopefuls in the sport of weightlifting. When they do movements like squat or deadlift, the, there's always going to be um, when they're doing, you know, when we're in our volume phase, they're always going to be doing eccentric is slower than the concentric. That is like a, a phrase that's forever in my programming because I want them to control until it becomes dynamic. And then there is a time and a place. Some of the newest research, this is now, this is not youth, and I won't go on a tangent on this, but this is for the older kids um, to clarify my point is that that eccentrics, there is a, a good, there's some good research saying fast eccentrics for older athletes leads to more hypertrophy, especially with type two, five, you know, fast twitch fibers. So, but for the kids, always, they're always going to see that statement, the eccentric slower than concentric or in kids terms, I'm going to go down slower than you come up or in the deadlift, you know, lower it slower than you stand up with it. So is yeah. if not five seconds, you know, you know, we've done that too, but like forever, always, you know, I think a lot of lifters make that mistake too, is like, you'll do a deadlift, they just drop it or, you know, eccentrics is a big part of, you know, a big part of getting stronger and hypertrophy. And anyway, another tangent we could go off on. Well, it's just, it's being mindful of what you're doing, right? Like I see all the time, like kids come in the first time in the gym and they're like, oh, I've deadlifted before. Right. And like, or let's say we're working with the trap bar. It's like, it's like, oh, I've done that before with another place. I'm like, okay. And and yeah, they get into a good enough position to start things up or whatever. But like a lot of the small things we look for, they're missing. Like they're flying up and down. Like I say, okay, let's put a 45 on each side and, and do five warm-up reps, right? And they're like, oh, bang off the floor, back into the next one, bang off the floor, back into the next sure. one. It's like the, those Larry Wheels videos where he's doing like the as many reps as he can with 405 type of thing. Right. Um, where he they're I mean, listen, that's two completely different things, but I'm saying like what it looks like visually. Up, yeah. down, up, down, up, down. Like, there's no um, eccentric tension. Like, there's just no thought to it, um, which is, like, a big thing. Like, you need to have yes. that mindfulness when it comes to what are we trying to feel here? Like, uh, how many times I have a kid come in and, like, they're having a, an issue with, um, you know, hinging through the movement properly. And you say, <laughs> okay, like, we're going to do five reps here and I want to see a nice three, two, one on the way down. And you see the first thing that they want to do is just drift forward into the eccentric part of the movement. I'm like, all right, no, like get your hips, you know, working backwards a little bit. Um, Work it backwards. Great cue. Yeah. Just, just feel, um, you know, yourself loading the right way. And like, when you do that with an eccentric, you cannot cheat it. Like there's no way to like, you can go fast through the eccentric and kind of just like not really see or, or pay too much attention to how the movement's being done. When you say three, two, one or five, four, three, two, one, like, you really start to slow things down enough where you can see like what mechanics are being done in that part of the movement. It kind of brings awareness to them, to them uh, for like what they're actually doing versus what Absolutely. they need to do. Are you familiar with uh, Greg Knuckles? He's, you know, he writes a bunch of, he is, his target is like us. He's like coaches. He does a lot of good research, kind of dumbs it down and like gives us you know, the research in layman's term. But are you familiar with him? I'm not actually, but I'll definitely check him out after we're done talking. He's a young dude like you. He might be like a year or two older than you, but he's super smart. He he interned for me a long time ago, and I I remember at 14, he was like a really good strength athlete, but more importantly, he's brilliant. Literally, 
aced the SATs when he was in middle school. And so, um, anyway, he, I, he, but now he's a great strength athlete and this, he's a, he's a online coach. And, uh, more importantly, he's more of a research guy, but he wrote that when he was uh, in college, that his deadlift went way up when he was at college because everything else didn't when he was with me or with like, you know, you know, he spent some time with juggernaut, um, Chad Wesley Smith, but he said his, his squat and his bench went up when he was like in those big groups. But when he's at school, because they wouldn't let him drop the weight, you know, his deadlift went up more when he was at college, which he links to eccentrics. And like, it, it was the first time that made me really think to how important emphasizing like the eccentric, especially in the deadlift for everybody to just make sense. Like you have eccentrics in everything else. Minus the Olympic list, but but everything else except the deadlift, and we always wonder why you know the deadlift seems to be the hardest thing to improve at times, and so it just totally made sense when he said that. Yeah, it's like the one movement where like you don't start with like when you bench, you picked up you, you take the bar off the rack. There's the Lower. eccentric. You right. you get the bar off the rack in a squat. There's the eccentric. Uh, right. You you do a push up. The eccentric. You do you know what I'm saying? There's always um, that focus on that. And I think what it, it also comes down to as well is, um, you know, just the reset required in movements like the bench and the squat between reps. Like you can find athletes kind of mindlessly just flying through deadlift reps because of that, I think. Right. Totally. So, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, how important, let's say by, let's say it's shifted back to youth, you know, when you're teaching a five-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever to deadlift and, you know, you're having them control it eccentrically, what you're doing is you're setting their neuromuscular system up to be able to change directions because, it, you know, and that is where the majority of especially growth plate injuries happen. Like I said earlier, the minute the, you know, they plant the foot and they change directions. If they don't have that eccentric control, you know, the ability to absorb that force, then, then you have the knee going into places it shouldn't, which therefore messes up, you know, puts the tibia in a position that it shouldn't be in, which then you get the, you know, you get the, um, the, the growth plate or epiphyseal line injuries. But if you teach them eccentric control simply by taking a load and I'm not talking maximal, it's a maximal load and lowering it slowly. Like you mentioned, you know, you're teaching that child to be able to stick their foot in the ground, control that force and change directions. So it's, it's, it's the greatest point probably of this entire uh, conversation that you made there. Yeah, and you mentioned too about putting the foot in the ground. Like we talk about all the time, um, agility or let's say change of direction, the, like the physiological component of like getting your foot to the ground, eccentrically handling the force that you're kind of putting down and being able to uh, transition to the, the next output, the next movement right. you're making. Um, you know, how much uh, an athlete can benefit from a proper pairing of the strength training with the sprinting and the plyometrics uh, totally. when it comes to improving um, change of direction or, you know, doing e eccentric strength training and how it can help uh, with decelerating and not only effectiveness in moving around, but, you know, maybe limiting some soft tissue injuries that could come from uh, not having the eccentric strength to stop yourself, right? Right. Um, the benefits you can gather from that with a young athlete when it comes to strength training is huge. Right. You know, that one thing that we, um, when I, before I sold my facility, which was just, you know, we sold it a year ago, right before COVID I got lucky, but, uh, 
we did a lot of a lot of this what i'm about to tell you with the younger kids and like we this is some people are going to hate me for this one but we played dodgeball but we used softballs but the thing that we did that for is because you know we would do it in very short segments you know like like you know 20 seconds 15 seconds 30 seconds on then you get a break and so they're having fun and they're learning to plant and cut and make and change directions instead of just being so linear in motion we turn change of direction into a game and um, into a, a game that most people hate, but it the, it was fine. There was no bullying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's really, I think, something that the average person overlooks um, when it comes to the young athlete. Like everyone these days talks about like not specializing and, um, you know, oh, like focus more on free movement and agility with the young athlete. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be something bad about showing a nine-year-old, you know, a goblet squat with good eccentric control um, and, and good mechanics when it comes to what they're doing in, in their free movement and speed work and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I don't really say, like, people say, oh, like, we don't take nine-year-olds here at the facility because it's like, what are you going to teach them? Like, I could teach them a lot. Like, if they want to train and they are going to put their attention into it and it's not a waste of the parents' money and, like – ethically speaking they're getting like we're, we're on we're okay because we're doing something and providing something that's useful to them like there's a lot they can gather from it the habits um you know like we talked about before habitual like going forward into later later on in life but you know you teach a young athlete how to properly goblet squat um with a good eccentric tempo just what it does for them in their limbs in terms of like they're navigating you know speed movements and running around and stopping and cutting and whatever like it's going to be a big help I, I totally agree. You know, some of the, you know, a quick, like in this article I wrote a, a couple of weeks ago, but something, you know, cause we're wanting to give them people listening, like some, you know, some nuggets like there were, I did do like a little list and like, I, I pulled it up, but like some things that you guys could, if you want to have good strength and conditioning for your young athletes, some things, some solid things you need to make sure the program has would be, Relative strength, we kind of said that. You know, make sure they do body weight. You know, strength training in the forms of, you know, building just total absolute strength from whether you want to use, you know, it's so funny. You know, you put a kettlebell and a dumbbell, and a lot of times people won't say a word. The minute you put a, a, a 2.5 kilogram barbell, they freak out. But anyway, and then focus on all, you know, all the planes. You want to make sure you're in the transverse, which is rotational. You know, you want to do frontal, which is like, that's your abduction, adduction, side to side. And then sagittal, yes, that's linear, you know, things, you know, front and back. And then make sure they're doing some bilateral, which is squatting, unilateral, which is like a lunge. Then do your horizontal and vertical uh, jumping. So making sure that you're jumping up, jumping out, and making sure you're um, paying attention to landing mechanics, which is what you said earlier, eccentrics. You know, sprinting, both linear and side to side, uh, core stability, which I like using carries, you know, planks, you know, um, and doing it both unilaterally, bilaterally, and doing some overhead carries too. And then sled pushes, sled pushes, sled drags, and then doing some eccentric control that we talked about. If you have those things, now I'm not maybe all in one day, but I'm saying throughout the program, if they have all those elements, then you have yourself a beautiful program and your child will, will maximize whatever genetics that you and, you know, you, mom and dad, whatever you gave them, I feel like they will, they will maximize. Yeah, absolutely. And you can even see it. Um, the advantage that kids have that start early, right? Like totally. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty remarkable uh, what it, the difference that'll show up when they're 12 or 13 w- with what they did when they were eight or nine versus what the other child did. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think, and you mentioned a, a big point there is transverse, right? Like I'm a big baseball guy. So I work with a lot of baseball players, even my hockey players with their shot. Right. Um, I love hockey, by the way. Just those athletes <laughs> are awesome. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, 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 uh, they're the older ones are, I, I like endearingly say they're psychotic sometimes just the intensity that they have is, is awesome. But, um, you know, just seeing that, uh, the, the transverse, like you mentioned transverse, like we talk about frontal, we talk about obviously removing front to back, like we're doing all that basic stuff, but like how much rotating are we doing? Are we exposing a young athlete to what it feels like to rotate? Um, you know, even something as simple as like, you know, doing a quarter turn into a box jump, like just getting them to feel movement across multiple planes at one time, um, is, is pretty big. Like, I think we get so stuck in being almost like robotic, right? Like, you know, we'll do a frontal plane movement this time and then we'll do like a, you know, sagittal the next one. Like, what about combining some? Like, what about, um, like I like doing like a lateral jump where let's say like the athlete has the box, um, like they're, they're looking to the right and the box is, uh, you know, at their left shoulder and they do a lateral, they do a lateral jump, land, rotate and do a box jump. Like you're combining a lot of planes in one movement. And I think we sometimes forget, like, be a little more creative and loose with, um, right. you know, I, I'll say, hey, the box is where it is. You're, you're where you are. Like, get there. Solve it. Figure it out. Like, right. I'm not going to put a cone out and say, you must stand here. You must land here. Like, that's going to, one, make the athlete go insane. But two, it's like, here's a really easy way to get some problem solving to, to occur. Like, no one athlete is going to right. get to that box the same way as the other one did. That's a brilliance. You know, I haven't even thought about that, but what a great way to teach a kid, you know, not just, you know, athletics, but I mean, life, problem solving, getting that hippocampus, the part of the brain that you learn lit up. So another thing, gosh, I just wish parents understood. Um, have you ever read the book Spark by John Rady, Dr. John Rady? No, but I guess it's another thing I'm putting on my list from this conversation. Put everybody listening should put that on your list. He's a he's a professor. It's closer to you than me. He's a Harvard professor, and he wrote this awesome book uh, called Spark. And the whole point is that there was a there was a school, a high school in um, where was it? Time out. Oh, in Chicago. Sorry, is Naperville, Florida, um, Naperville, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, and one of those high schools there. Like, Maybe Naperville Central. Anyway, that's not the point. They did this. Um, they did a uh, little research project, and they had kids come in and do exercise before they started school. And anyway, their test scores, you know, their SATs, interview um, scores, shot through the roof. So then they took it to the next level, and then they implemented this huge program. And then this once get this, bro, this one school in Naperville, Illinois, went to this. It was like a you know an IQ uh, competition basically, and they that one school beat every country they because they competed separately uh, outside of the United States be every country in the entire world, this one little school, after after and only after implementing this program. But read that book, and I don't think anybody listening to this will ever not have their child working out some form or other, whether whether it's, you know, endurance, whether it's strength training, both work. Both in a perfect world, you do a little bit of both when they're young. You do some strength training, you get them out doing some conditioning and They'll be as smart as they will. Not only will they maximize their athleticism, they will maximize their brain. Uh, the hippocampus, the, it's called 
BDNF, uh, brain-derived neurotropic factor, and it's, it's like steroids for the brain. And so it increases the production of that, which makes all the synapses stronger in the, you know, in the, the neurons in the brain. It's just crazy. But read that book. And it's easy to read. I know it sounds – I'm making it sound complicated. It's not. The book is easy to read, and just will, it changed my life and my outlook on everything I want to do in the, for my future. That's how impactful it was. Yeah, no, I, I think that's something important. Listen, takeaway from this episode, overall theme, uh, one, it's okay for the youth athletes to train. There's tons of research on it. Uh, don't be afraid of the myths. Uh, part two, um, the what it does, the benefits of it, and kind of like how we go about doing it uh, effectively. And and part three, basically saying like, this isn't a, a one-size-fits, or not one-size-fits-all. This isn't an either-or conversation. This isn't you strength training, you cannot do uh, anything else. Like, you can be sprinting, you could be jumping, you could be playing your sport, and you could be strength training. It doesn't mean you have to sacrifice the other areas to do it. Um, so I, I think that's a kind of a great way to wrap things up with that, saying, like, listen, the importance this book showing what it can do and, and uh, what it's able to help the young athletes with, I think it's it's a big one. Um but I, I guess to, to kind of finish things up here, my question to you would be, do you have any closing thoughts, um, anything you kind of want to touch on that we talked about to kind of wrap things up here? Uh, the floor is yours, but this has been awesome. So thank you. I, I, would, say, I would say this. Thanks for, for giving me this final thought is that, you know, I think we, we've pretty much proven, you know, if, you know, there's an article on MassLead.com you can read. It's still up. It's, it is weight training safe for youth. But there's 11 references that you can go check that too if you don't believe me. And um, But my point is, is that maybe everything in our life, instead of just believing something because somebody told you something, maybe we should question everything. And, like, and maybe we should stop thinking, uh, you said it earlier, that there is a lot of gray and maybe absolutes that we think are 100% are probably not. And like, just start to question everything. You know, it was a very natural thing for me. Uh, I remember in sixth grade, I got in lots of trouble because I questioned my teacher so much. It's just, but like, don't take anything, you know, don't just believe anything. Don't believe what we're saying. Go do your research. But for heaven's sakes, like do your research, think about it from common sense point of view and then make it, you know, a determination. Don't just say, I believe this because so-and-so told me. Like, can we agree to stop doing that? That's it. Yeah, challenge the thought. I want people who follow me to challenge what I, what I say, um, not just assume that, uh, you know, because a person has a large following on social media, that means they're automatically right because that's often a problem with what we see out there and the training that we see. And this guy's got a blue check mark, so that must be good training. Or <laughs> the, the athlete doing it is a high-level athlete, so that must be good training. Like, think beyond that. Really right. push yourself to, to think beyond uh, the box of that, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's, a, that's an awesome point to kind of wrap things up here. Just always uh, question things, think critically. Um, you know, there's going to be black and whites to certain things, but a lot of gray area and other things. So just make sure that you're always exploring that the best that you can. Um, right. thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome. Uh, you know, listen, I told you before we got on that I thought we could take this topic and kind of run with it. And we, we did just that. So, uh, really cool. And I'm excited to, for this one to get out. I think everyone's going to love it. So, uh, Appreciate thank you it. for taking the time and obviously, you know, look forward to talking to you more. Thanks brother. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muscles and Management brought to you by Challenger Strength. 
I'm your host, Jerry Filippo, signing off from the show that's changing how we view sports performance, training, and business.